Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Ozzie here. This is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, Domino Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick Fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins. Jay Gold is not with us tonight. Uh, as we record this on Sunday night, he is at Madison Square Garden for Penguins Rangers Game 7, which I don't blame him. And I hope the score holds because I really want to brag about the Penguins winning that series while we're on the air here tonight. Boo this man. I'm not even a Rangers fan. I just don't want people not from New York to win. <laughs> <laughs> Represent the territory. <laughs> All right. But we are, as always, joined by Marky. Hi, I have a turntable now. That's how I deal with being sad as I buy random musical things that I won't figure out. But I'm going to try. I'm going to have fun doing that. I deal with I deal with being sad by doing shit that should take my mind off of being sad and wind up picking me off and making it work. Like getting a game. So, And we have a special guest. Uh, Marky, I'm going to let you go ahead and do the honors introducing our guest this week. He is my ex-over co-host from somewhere in Long Island, Oscar. What up? Thanks for having me, y'all. Been hearing a lot for, about you guys from Marcy, so I'm pretty excited to be here. We get rid of wrong, one Long Island guy to get another Long Island guy. No. <laughs> oh, he's from Long Island? He's from, he's from Long Island, but he's a Ranger fan. That's, that's odd, but I mean, there's a lot of Ranger fans out here that I don't get. I mean, enough or nothing, I just like hockey. I'm an Islanders fan, but I just like hockey, so it's whatever to me. Okay, it's, it's, yeah, I live in Northeast Ohio, but it's like 50-50 Brown fans and Steven fans. I'm like, just go to the other side of the state line then. I don't want to. <laughs> okay, so I would ask, I would do, do the normal how everybody's weak thing, but we talk a little bit off air and fuck that. Let's just let's get into it. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, so well, let's go ahead and go over what's on IWTV this week. What's on IWTV? Okay, so looks like we've got, we've got a lot of... DreamCon IWTV this week, eight live events plus the usual uh, world, uh, premieres and such. Wednesday, May 25th, 10 p.m. Eastern, UWFI Contender Series Season 5, Episode 4, courtesy of Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Thursday, May 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, Wrestling Open, Episode 21, live, already announced for that show, Alec Prank against Brad Hollister, and the Shook Crew against the Brick Kitty Boys. For, uh, Saturday, May 28th at 7 p.m., like we got one, two, three, four shows on Saturday. Saturday, May 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Pro Wrestling Magic present scoring over Ridgefield Park from Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Of course. I think it's about the only place live event it's happened anymore. It's New Jersey. Ridgefield Park specifically. Like 12 companies. They're curiously like 12 companies that run there. Ridiculous. We got five championships on the line on this card. Darius Carter defends the Pro Wrestling Magic Championship against Dan Moff. Everett Croft defends the Dark Art Championship against Alex Ryman. Jordan Blade defends the Women's Championship in a three-way against Ruthless Lala and Jakey Storm. Death Row defends the Tag Team Championship against Hispano Unido. Donovan defends the Junior Heavyweight Championship against Ryan Mooney. Plus Vinny Pacifico versus Rocky Romero and Steve Pena versus Rhett Titus announced for that card. So that's a stack lineup there. Saturday, May 28th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Limitless Wrestling presents Acting Up. Limitless World Championship is on the line. Alec Price defending against Lin, uh, Linke Dorado. Jake something against Big Beef. That should be fun. Uh, a university rules match with Brad Cashew against Desmond Cole. Jody Thread against Lufisto. That should be fun. A lot of other action going on on that card as well. 
Now, do you know what university rules are? I, I need to know these. I honestly have no clue. I've never seen a university rules match. So. I'm going to see if it just involves ramen somehow. <laughs> Watch and find out. See how many things of instant ramen get used. If I had to make a guess just based off the name, probably more like amateur rule, college wrestling rule, but I could be completely wrong on that. I honestly have never seen that done in a, wrestling ring, in a pro wrestling ring. I don't know. Also on Saturday, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, Freelance Underground presents Four Quarters, live from Thornton, Illinois. The Freelance Underground Champion Calvin Tankman defending against Joshua Bishop. Freelance Underground Independent Champion Storm Grayson defending against West Barkley. I'm, I'm thinking a shooter go two for two. Freelance Underground Tag Team Championship, the Brother of Funstruction taking on the Bang Bros. GPA against Alex Crowley and PME against Pick and Pop. Already announced for that card. Very heavy Cleveland area influence on that show. Just just a tad bit. Just a tad. And also Saturday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern. Prestige Wrestling presents Roseland 3, night one. They have a double shot this weekend. The way that you've written, the Prestige Championship match is lifted second from the bottom. It tells you how stacked this card is. Prestige. Let's go. All right, go. Prestige champion Alex Shelley is going to defend against Filthy Tom Lawler. The Prestige Tag Team Champion, T4, defending against Violence Against Forever. We got Willow Nightingale against Taya Valkyrie. Jack Evans against Ray Orr. Koniko versus against Drexel versus MV Young versus Akira in a four-way. Ethan HD against Scotty Too 2022, everybody. Mia Yim against Maki Ito. Fifth Bugic against Jacob Fatu. And the match that at least listed as the main event here, Mayu Yamashita versus Masha Klamovich. Stacked. An incredibly stacked car, not just one night one of a double shot. Oh. Sunday, May 29th, 4 p.m. Eastern. Sean Henderson presents Love is Rage. Main event of that card is a House of Pain match. Matt Tremont defending against Colby Carino. Also got a death match. Chondo against Tim Daunt. The ISW King of Creaky Championship is on the line. Tara Calloway against Jacob Tarago. Looks like there's about nine matches total on that card as of now. Sunday, May 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the premiere of H2O Underrated Episode 26. Sunday, May 29th, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 p.m. Eastern. Prestige Wrestling presents Roseland 3, Night 2. Another stack card here. Alex Shelley, should he retain the Prestige Championship on Saturday night, will defend against Bandito. Jeff Cobb against Ray Oru. Jacob Fatu against Scotty Tuhati. Mayu Yamashita against Maki Ito. Taya Valkyrie against Masha Klamovich. Akira against Drexel in a Rogue Giddy Death Match. Mike Bailey against Conoco. Tom Lawler and Violent Against Forever against MV Young and Midnight Heat. Jack Evans versus Jaden. Jesus Christ, those are two stack hard. Woo! Yeah, I can't decide which one um, I'm looking forward to more, but they're both just top to bottom. Uh, should be great shows. I, I feel bad for that show because that's on opposite the AEW pay per view, but that's what on demand for. You can watch it Monday. So. Or watch, or watch AEW on Monday, whatever you want to do. And Monday, May 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern. South East first against Uncharted Territory, Keegan 4, Epicode 4. Eric Royal is announced for that card. There's no matches in Outback of yet. We're actually recording this segment while Epicode 3 going on. I'm sure some things will be cut up before we get yeah, within the next couple hours here. And that's what's on IWTV this week. So before we get into our review for this week, we have a lot of fun with that. AIW keep their heads ringing. Uh, we're going to do something a little different with the Wrestler Spotlight series uh, for the month of June. 
And Marky, I'm going to go ahead and let you take the wheel after what you've got planned on that. It's going to be your baby next month. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, so it's June being Pride Month. Usually every corporation is sucking to uh, profit off of uh, us. But I would like to take this as the opportunity to spotlight a lot of there's a lot of queer wrestlers on the independent scene that I think deserve some extra attention. Uh, I picked a few of my favorite and I think each week I'm going to talk about them a little bit. Uh, so we got five lined up. I'm very excited. Uh, we will be starting number one with Kid Bandits. So listen next week. Um, and I'm actually going to be working a show with Kid Bandit here on June 4th in Kentucky. So sweet. And that's actually going to be like perfect timing. Like when I drop that episode and like two days later, two or three days later, I'm going to be actually working with them. So that's going to be fun. And thank you for doing that. There is no reference spotlight segment up until we do start doing those next week. Everybody, we're going to do something a little different here. And, and Marky is actually trans. We're not just doing this for, for click and like. Like we actually have a reason for doing it. So this is all me. <laughs> I am, you know, I got I want to contribute some more. I think this is like the perfect, uh, perfect way. Oh, absolutely. So Jay Gold's not here this week, so I have to keep the tradition alive. And we, we got to speculate about the uh, when the robot is going to get his title match <laughs> against AC Mack. I'm just saying this this upcoming Saturday at AIW, home office should be in Akron. I will also be in Akron, and maybe we might have to do a little bit of investigating. Well, we'll see. There is actually a chance that I will be in Akron after all on Saturday. There's been some shit going on that I'm not going to get into on the air. I'm not going to know for sure until midweek, but between the three of us, somebody will get will ask Jerry if he has any idea. And then we won't tell Jay Goldwing keep this bit going because I think this is great. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets for not showing up for this episode. Go to a hockey game. You, you know, I, I'll, I'll give Jay Gold a lot of shit about a lot of things, but if somebody offered me tickets to a game seven, no matter what sport it is, I'm probably going. I'm... Yeah, but we can still hold it over his head for fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, that's what's on IWTV this week. We're going to go ahead in just a moment and get into our review. The Weekly Review. <laughs> All right, and today we are going back to May 17th, 2019. Absolute Intense Wrestling present Keep Their Heads Ringing, the first show from the Odeon in beautiful downtown Cleveland, Ohio. And tell me, why do we choose this show this week? Um, this might have been a recommendation more than Oscar outright picking it. I saw something well, that I think he would like. Yeah, Mar- Marcy knows exactly what I like to see when it comes to wrestling. Because I'm not like a super heavy wrestling person. I, lo- I like movies and comics and stuff, but I do appreciate wrestling to the fullest extent of wrestling. And anytime she shows us, she knows exactly what I want to see. And this is exactly what I wanted to fucking see. <laughs> I know how to pick them. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with this concept show with AIW, they do a rap theme show every year. And the rap theme show are all under Compton rule, which basically means anything goes, no DQs, no count outs, do whatever the fuck you want to do, which is 99% of AIW matches anyway. Like, yeah. But <laughs> uh, you do get DQs every once in a while on AIW. They're not, they're not common, but you're not going to get any on this show. That actually explains a lot because I'm like, what, what is what is this Compton rule stuff? I mean, I get the concept and I'm like, this now this explains a lot, especially since there was like zero DQs this whole time. Like, why is no one calling anything for half of the stuff that's happening? But, yeah, no, that, that explains a lot. Yeah, that, that, can, that can actually why there's nothing to call. <laughs> 
Okay, so we do get so this is based off the DVD release. Is they were not streaming every show from the Odeon yet at this point, so we get the promo before the show starts. Uh, we've got the Rip Kitty Shooter, Eddie Kingston in the locker room. Tom Gunn is changing in the background. They're talking about yeah their match. Yeah, uh, Joshua Bishop's match with Matt Justice later in the night. Uh, sounds like they're bri- trying to bribe Tom Dunn, and then Eddie's like, "Do you mind getting out of my locker room?" But like Eddie's like, "Like, why are they filming this promo now? Like, I'm still fucking here." I love Eddie King. Eddie's a man. He's the best. Yeah, he's a man. Okay, we're not going to go over every every promo in detail here. We do hear from PME. We hear from KTB, the production, the young studs. We do hear from Eddie Kingston about his match with Nick Gage, and we have a promo from Tom Lawler regarding his match with Matt Warner. And then we go to the ring for the Jollyville Fuck It Open Challenge. And I forgot that this was the show that Ray Phoenix kept saying, oh, my, I, I, I'll be on another flight, I'll be on another flight, and I never fucking made it. I forgot it was this show. It was supposed to be the Jollyville fucking against the Lucha Brother, but there's no Ray Phoenix. So it's an open challenge where they don't really have an open challenge. They challenge one specific team to come out, and they do come out. It's euthanasia of Josh Prohibition and Matt Cross. Eddie Kingston joins Matt Wadsworth on commentary here, and it's fucking great because he's acting like he'd never heard of euthanasia, even though they've been around for like 20 years. <laughs> Thoughts on this match? I really, it was short, and to the, but it was also to the point, so I really enjoyed it. Also, speaking of Eddie Kingston commentary, my favorite line probably of the night. Yes. I, lo- I love anime, but, uh, but Dragon Ball Z sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying because I came out of nowhere. I'm like, yo, Eddie's a man. <laughs> I cannot wait. I, can't, I, I, hope, I honestly kind of hope that it doesn't work out where I can go to Akron a weekend. And I, I love Eddie Kingston. Like, I can't wait to see the dude. Um, also, yeah, there's that double stomp, the double stomp to like the DVD uh, that Euthanasia did. That was really sick. And That's as cool. well, that pounce by T-Money to finish this match was just a thing of beauty. Oh, yeah. yeah Jelly will fucking have not been around much since this. I really hope they do make it make an effort to come back. I love the guy. It's T-Money pouncing the hell out of J-Pro. Matthew Russ covering for the pin. Four minutes and 35 seconds. Like, this was not a long match. Yeah, and I, I like. I thought it should have been a little longer, but it was quick to the point. You got some really cool, like lucha style stuff going on, and it really kind of kept me pretty warmed up for what was coming up. Okay, from there we go to Tim Don for Dominic Garini, Aaron Bauer replacing Eddie Kingston on commentary because Eddie Kingston going, "I'm not doing a Tim Don match. I'm out of here." <laughs> and Aaron Bauer's like, "Oh no, oh no, Tim Don is my guy. Like I, I, I know Eddie loves him, I, but I had to beg him to take this match. It's fucking great." We actually get some mat work early on, which is a nice change of pace for this type of show. Uh, Aaron Bauer tried to throw a pitch for a Bluetooth sponsorship in, in the first couple of minutes of this match. <laughs> He's like, the only pro wrestling show that's going to have a Bluetooth sponsorship. I get paid when you can. Exactly. Not going to lie. If Bluetooth wanted to pay me for advertising time on this show, they would get it. I'm not going to lie. Pay us, Bluetooth. <laughs> pay us all the money. Sponsor. I will be glad to try to try the product out. Or at least, or at least claim I did. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the fight does go to the floor. Dom starts working on Don's arm, jumping it over the guardrail. Then for some reason, he talks to Justin Summers about something. I don't know if he's asking for advice or what's going on. But that ends up giving Don the opening, and Don is working on the ankle for, for most of the rest of the match. Yeah. At one point, biting Dom's toe was leads to the crowd chanting, you sick fuck. And I agree, like, why the fuck are you biting somebody's foot for? Yeah, that, that I don't see any tactical advantage that per se. It's just fucking nasty. <laughs> Why the fuck are you doing that? You know, like you're already working on his ankle. You don't really got to add insult to injury by also giving yourself some kind of weird foot gingivitis. You know what I mean? Yeah, leg is worked on for quite a bit. Dom make a comeback. He's only able to put weight on one leg because he's killing the ankle. Dom's great. I can't say enough good things about Dom. 
It was it was odd seeing him without like being at the point with without boots. I got so used to him only wearing boots, and then he you came with boots for so long. Now he back you came barefoot. Like wait a minute, this happened. Uh, <laughs> sim- a simpler time in life. I kind of miss barefoot Dom, though. I'm not gonna lie, but ooh, I think we just learned something about you. Yeah, you did not learn what you think you learned. Just throwing that. <laughs> Dom, you can chair to get a guillotine. I, I thought that was going to be the finish, but it was not. Dom goes for the pile driver, but the leg gives out. Yeah. Dom has the chance to repeatedly hit Dom's ankle with the chair before getting a one good chair shot to the head. That pretty much already knocked him out, but he put a rear naked choke on anyway. Tom Dunn stops the match at 1252. Uh, Tim, I'm not the biggest Tim Dunn fan, but this one's uh, the better Tim Dunn match I've ever seen. I like this a lot. Well, yeah, it was also Dom wrestling, so that certainly helped things. And there's a lot of creative stuff, like I said, with the choke with the chair, and then the ending with just the repeated like chair shots to the leg, and then the headshot, like, and then adding the choke just to add insult to injury. Because I, if I remember correctly, this is like when the whole story was Dom was having his like down period in AIW right now. I believe you're right because this would be right after the um, those of the Smither surrender match with Job ja, with Bishop for yeah, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. So from there, we've got a four-way Greenville match. Lewis Linden, Dan Haugen, KTB, and... Yeah. So Frankie Flynn is on commentary for this match with Matt Wadsworth. I don't have a lot of notes for this one. It's four guys doing a bunch of shit. It's mad chaos. This is... So this is like a pre-Danhausen, Danhausen. It was strange. Yeah, he got got the face paint there, but he's still talking in his normal human voice. He's not in the Danhausen voice yet. But it's fun to see him here and to compare him to what he is now and see how much that character evolved over the last three years. I got to say, he's very, very good in the ring, but I don't think if he made that change, he wouldn't have nowhere near the success he's had. And he'll tell you that. It's nuts because, I mean, he was actually one of my favorite parts of this match, just watching him seamlessly go from like, because him fighting multiple opponents was just really fun to watch because he went from move to move so seamlessly. He was going in between ropes and just kicking and just, it was awesome. And I think my highlight of the match was, was, KTB, absolutely. He's like officially like one of my my, my new favorite wrestlers right now, just because he comes in with just this like he reminds me of like a drunk dude in a metal festival parking lot where he just kind of rushes in. He just starts throwing up the horns and he's like, just, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. And I'm like, this is awesome. And he is a monster in the ring. Holy crap. The guy is terrifying. It it did feel like this was a showcase match for KTB, whether it's designed that way or not. It seemed like every big spot where there was like a little bit of a pause and one guy standing, it seemed like KTB would get in that spot. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was awesome. And just like, I, it, I, I really don't know how much more to describe because he just was just this force of nature that just came in. And even when someone got like the, the jump on him, like I believe at a certain point, it was, oh, yeah, Lewis Linden got him in a moonsault dragon sleeper hold. Yeah. And he was in that for just a few seconds. But then as soon as he was out, he was just rampaging through again. Like, if you don't get him right in that moment, like you're not beating him. That that's it, it was crazy watching him fight. I thought this was awesome. Yeah, it looks a little bit on a short side, too, here. You know, they scramble, you get 10, 12 minutes out of it. Kevin 15, all this one went. KTP hit a, the Cabrada, the lion salt on the CPA. Got the pin. Oh, that was a very <laughs> impressive springboard, springboard moon salt. Yeah. Okay, so from there, the group that at this point is not yet called 40 Acre comes out. And PB Smooth, part of, his, of the promo is that he's just going to be an asshole because he wants the absolute title back and he feels like he has to be an asshole to get the title shot. You got to do what you got to do, you know? This winds up being a long promo. Yeah. Like, I think this promo might have been longer than the first match. I mean, this was really long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. 
But eventually we do get Swoggle and the Young Studs coming out, and it's a six-man tag. So Swoggle is starting with PB Smooth, which you know is done just for the visual. PB Smooth like a legit <laughs> yeah. Swoggle's a legit four nine. So <laughs> you know, there's just a little bit of size difference, just like just like a t- tiny bit. And of course, Mickey's dad, George McCannon, in the crowd. So he gets to become involved. He gets he gets a chance to chop Trey Lamar. I enjoyed that very much. That was pretty fun. Then about halfway through the match, Natural Born Killer starts to play. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But we don't get New Jack. We get the Weird World and Kaplan coming out. <laughs> Kaplan. Kaplan. Kaplan is dressed like New Jack, so we did <laughs> we did kind of get the New Jack tribute out of it, which which was cool. This may or may not have become a three way at this point. I have no fucking clue. It doesn't really fucking matter. It's fucking great. Don't worry about it. Just just go with it. It was anarchy as soon as they got in the ring with that shopping cart full of weapons. <laughs> anarchy. Absolutely. They, they, they had a they they had a kiddie pool covered in carpet strips. They had plastic forks. They had fucking Lego. <laughs> the Legos on. It was like a board with plastic forks and then they sprinkled Legos on it. Uh, it was wincing. I'm like, oh, that's going to be rough. <laughs> Yeah, just absolutely, absolutely not, absolutely insane. Uh, PB Smooth ends up choke claiming Bobby Beverly onto the ca- carpet strip covered kitty pole for the pin in 948. I, I cannot do this justice. This was fucking great. For sure. Like you said, this, this is a pleasant surprise because I was not. So this was definitely like my down period from wrestling where I wasn't watching full shows, but I definitely remember this just from the uh, a match we have coming up in a couple of matches. But yeah, like watching this like through this, I fucking lost it when this went down, when New Jack's music hit. And yeah, it was a sight to behold. And so obviously the intermission in the building. We come back from intermission for the AIW Tag Team Championship to Infinity and Beyond, defending against the Philly and Marino experience. Uh, one of about 400 matches we saw between these two teams, at least it felt that way over, over about a six-month period. They, they have a few of them. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's Compton rule, so there's no DQ, it's Texas Tornado style. Uh, they take out Marino almost immediately, so probably about the first five or six minutes of the match is both Mimic Divinity and beyond against Philly Collins. Once Marino does get back in there, it's back and forth. They do all kinds of cool shit. Uh, at one point, they, they're setting up for their double stomp DDT finish, but Marino decides like he's going to go grab a chair instead. They end up hitting the move on to Cheech, but Collins makes the save. Bunch of different tag moves for games on both sides. So really, there's some really good near falls in this match. Yeah, some really good near falls. Some really cool, I mean, really innovative te- teamwork on this one. Uh, got a backpack stunner with a double stomp at one point by Tiffany and beyond. Uh, shit starts hitting the fan. Colin grabs the chair. He misses. He hits Cheech by mistake. They hit the uh, PME hits the Sunset Dreams onto Colin, but Cheech pulls out Jake Clemens. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna make I'm gonna do my one nitpick with this particular spot. I, and, and this is what I hate about this particular spot. Jake can hit the mat when he was getting pulled out to the ring. That's a fucking three count. He can't do that spot without the referee. He can't hit the mat the third time. Don't fucking do the spot. <laughs> yeah, but it is what it is. And then we get a hearing a low blow and a double vertebraker. Cheech Pin Perino, 11.47. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, realizing that this was like what came back from their mission. This is once again, this was a good match at the overstay. It's welcome. I know, like you mentioned, they had a lot of matches going forward, but I think this was still early enough into it where this, this still felt really fresh and there had some fun twists to it. And then we're going to go go into the match that everybody remembers the show for. Yes. Not the main event, believe it or not, based yeah. on how people talk about this show, but... Uh, but cool. 
but in, but in all honesty, I'm going to stay at the show peak with this match and yep. hard to get to stay in with the rest of the show after this match. But we'll get there. The AIW intent champion, Joshua Bishop, along with Wes Barkley, defending the championship against Matthew Justice. Because before Fawn, he came into picture with just Matthew Justice coming out to the ring. This match is the only match that's not under Compton rule. This match is under intent rule, which means we're adding a fall count stipulation match to it. Fall count anywhere stipulation to it. That's literally the only difference. Well, look, Compton rules may be wild, but we still keep our pins in the ring. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, Justin with a spear right at the opening bell. Like, bell ring, spear, one, two, Brett Barkley comes in and have to get make the cave. And then Wes gets the shit kicked out of him to the point we're not even a minute in, and they're already carrying Wes Barkley to the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a, I'm just like, wow, that was really quick, man. That guy got taken out quick. And Bishop got a head rat for presumably from a from a very recent match. Anyway, so that cut gets busted open like really early. The ring was merely a congestion, like already in this match. Like they're two minutes in, it's like the ring might as well have not even been there. <laughs> they're in it like once or twice, and then that's pretty much it. Like I yeah. think facts. <laughs> like no, they they're just like we don't need this anymore. We're just gonna be out here. So they, so they bring out the barbed wire baseball bat pretty early in the match. Uh, they're working on on a, on a portion of the guardrail that Justin got caught, but ends up being Justin eating the guardrail on a long dart. Now Justin completing. We've got double juice in 2019. Uh, somebody tell Justin Doan to calm the fuck down, but he got in Bishop fake. I thought Bishop going to fucking kill him. That is not a man I would get in his face if I was a referee. Oh, is that the dude in the crowd that was pointing at him? He like smacked him away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, why would you do that? The dude is literally covered in his own blood, beating the <laughs> crap out of another man. This yeah, is not yeah. the time to be doing that. that, that that's both the good and the bad thing. When you go to enough of these shows, you know the fam by name. You can call them out. But <laughs> so, Bishop's weapon of choice becomes an extension cord. And it's actually one of the few times they're in the ring. He gets out the extension cord and he's whipping Justin with that and he's choking him with it. It's a, it's a versatile weapon. You can whip and choke. I want to see a country whipping match where the extension, they're using extension cords instead of belts at this point. Why the fuck not? <laughs> Just to pick up a guardrail between the between the ring apron and the main portion of the guardrail, but he ends up being the one to get slammed into it. Then the fight goes into the crowd and they start to cut up the table. Okay, so you know shit's going to go down. Oh, man. So I, I knew what was coming up. But I don't believe, Oscar, you knew what was going on. Uh, I, no, like this, I this kept this from you for a while. You know what it is? I've seen the clip of the actual what happens at the end, but I never saw the whole match in its entirety. And I, this match and, and and Jared, you said it before. It's really hard to keep like it. This is the zenith of this show because it is everything that you want. And just two dudes beating the crap out of each other. Like, no joke. Matt Justice is scary because he just does not stop. He's like a kid that snorted a bunch of pixie sticks and just will just keep coming at you. And just not only that, it's just that there's a point where he just doesn't give Joshua Bishop any chance to even bleed for a little while. Like he's just there's a point where he pulls out a Lucille like Walking Dead style baseball bat and just starts hitting Joshua Bishop with it. And then the thing about also Joshua Bishop is that once he turns this around, his he's not as quick. But each hit, I'm like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> like, like, how are you still getting up, Matt Justice? I mean, and, and just after this one, once we lead up to like the ramp up and everything too, once basically, I think it was Joshua Bishop that's just on the floor, just like trying to catch his breath. And then Matt Justice is trying to like, he's doing his like Minecraft thing and making this tower of tables. 
and convincing Pedro to help him, which is the thing that yes, <laughs> he was he was getting help to him. Like you guys are about to kill Joshua Bishop, you don't even know it. Like this is, uh, I thought this is awesome, and just the lead up to what's about to happen, uh, so good. In fairness, we love Pedro on the show. We're actually we're actually uh, hoping to get him on the show for an interview sooner rather than later. I need a next time I talk to him, which will hopefully be Saturday. I'll I'll talk to him about it. Yeah. If you're Pedro DeLuca and Matthew Justin and they're bleeding, go ahead, help me with the fucking table. You're going to help him with the fucking table. <laughs> Especially when you're 15 minutes into a match at this point, you have no clue what the, what the fuck out, what the fucking actually got planned. Like, if someone is like that is telling you to stack tables, like, all right, you, I'll stack tables. Just don't make me like a weapon in your match right now. Cause I feel like you're about to do that. If I don't do what you tell me to do right now, <laughs> pretty much. So they end up go, they end up fighting up to the upper level of the Odeon. Death Valley driver off the balcony through the stack of fucking four tables, and they are both out of it. Yeah, Matt Walker's on commentary, like begging the referee to stop the match. You're not getting it's not but you can't stop it. You can tend cruel. And then we forgot about what Barkley been keeping going for a while. He finally makes his way out. He just kind of slowly drags Bishop on top of Justin. One, two, three. Justin retained, 1542. The the this match peaked with the Death Valley driver off the balcony through the table. Whoa. Uh, if you if you watch this show and shut it off here, I will not blame you. Yeah. And, there, and there's still good stuff after this. Don't get me wrong. But this is the peak of the show. You're not going to top it. Yep. Absolutely. It's just like it's said. It's like every that's this is the like not even the match. It's, this is the spot everyone talks about from the show. Like this is the only thing I've heard about the show. And that's why it's so wild looking at this card because it is stacked. But it's just this is such like an iconic moment. I think now, like looking back, I mean, not only that too. It's like you. I think you told me this, Marcy. Wasn't this the the match that really kicked off like Joshua Bishop and Matt Justice just going at it for a while? I think like, someone can correct me, but I believe this was like the first big match. Was like because this was the start at the Odeon. Yeah, they might have had one or two matches before this one. I don't remember off the top of my head, but this was definitely the one that that really kind of kickstarted the feud. And like, okay, that this is gonna. This is going to be the defining feud for AIW for a while. Like it's not too long after this that Fonkey becomes part of it, and they and they got the interaction with Fonkey with Barkley during these matches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. those matches are always fun. So how do you top it? Well, you can't, but you're going to try with Eddie Kingston and Nick Gage. And in all honesty, I saw that coming up next. I'm like, okay, if the match is going to top it, it's, it's going to be this one. I just don't think it was. I don't want to say this because I love both guys, and I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on either one of them because I'm not. I, I don't think they had the intensity I was expecting out of these two. Agreed. So, and when you factor that in with what it's following, it, it came off like a disappointment, even though it probably, if I watch it in a vacuum, I'd probably really like it. It's like I said, it's hard. It's hard being the exact, like the direct match after the last match. Um, but you know what? I always enjoy seeing a Nick Gage match that isn't necessarily a death match. It's always kind of a treat. And realistically, the Nick Gage match that could have been a death match, basically a death match show, even if it's not advertised and such. But we actually got some, we actually got some good wrestling, some good scientific wrestling for about three minutes out of this one before they finally went to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Also, at the end of the day, anytime I get like a Nick Gage entrance on a show, like I'm always going to be happy. This is also true. I don't have a ton of notes for this match. Like I just did not, just nothing after. Again, after what you just followed, nothing's going to stand out. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like what, what you said before. I mean, honestly, in my notes, all I have here is MDK, 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 exclamation points for a little while. 
So it's like, I honestly, like, like Marcy said, like, I love both of these guys. Eddie Kingston won me over with the first match that Marcy showed me. I believe it was uh, Eddie Kingston. I forgot the, the, the Japanese wrestler that, that he, that he faced. She, that we oh, um, she hero. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Awesome match. Fantastic match. And then after that, we saw Eddie Kingston by like surprisingly at an AIW show. And I, I almost lost my shit because I had just seen that match and I was just so hyped to see him. And so, like, between that and then also when you introduced me to Nick Gage through GCW stuff, I, I was really happy just to see this match. Even when they started doing the promos in the beginning, like, I didn't know Nick Gage was going to be a part of this uh, this event. And then you, you just see uh, Eddie Kingston's promo saying he's about to fight Nick Gage. I just start losing it. Like, right, Marcy can attest. I was already losing it before the, the whole show even started. And then when this match came up, you know what? I consider this match, it's almost like when you get laid and you have that cigarette right after. I just got laid with Matt Justice and Joshua Bishop, this is my cigarette right now afterwards just to kind of chill out and enjoy this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, you know, it wasn't the best thing. I even, and just the only thing I have left in my notes here is like, oh, Nick Gage pours tax on Eddie and then drops on top of him. Sick. Like that, I mean, I don't need to see anything that like heavy after that, but you know what I mean? Like I did enjoy the match, but as far as these guys go, I, this is not as intense as any other match you might've done. I think that I think that's the first time in 102 episodes that somebody compared a wrestling match to the aftercoital cigarettes. <laughs> first time for everything. <laughs> this is what happens when you hang out with Marcy for too long. <laughs> it's my effect on people. I can't help it. <laughs> hey, realistically, I've only known Marcy for about eight or nine months. I believe uh, the weekend of that old wrestling show that's debuting with the first week, and I, I actually met her. And I really have only gotten to know her through doing this podcast. So I, I, I'll take your word for it, Oscar. But I, I do kind of see that the more I talk to her. So. Yes, right? <laughs> all is horny. <laughs> I think that's what you need, like, your first shirt to be. Just all is horny. <laughs> and then put your cash app on the back of the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what? That's it's not a bad idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a note of that. You pit, pitch at the home office. All right. Eddie Kingston gets the win, nine minutes and 53 seconds, following a kind of suplex onto a chair. And then we get MJF coming out along with Tuan Tucker. And MJF is going to have an open challenge. Well, one guy that's been announced for the show that we have not seen yet because his partner decided not to show up is Penta El Kiro M. So that's going to be who answers the challenge. He gets involved almost immediately. That can go very well for him. Uh, Penta hit a destroyer pretty early in the match. Twan pulled the referee out of the ring to break, to break up the pin. It can does not hit the mat the third time. Take note, Jay Clemens. <laughs> Shade being thrown. Oh, a friend of the show. Uh, Jake, Jake, Jake going to be on the show at some point as well. I, I, I've, I've known Jake, Jake's first night in the business. I love the dude, but I gotta, I gotta give him shit, especially now that he's back from Orlando. Uh, we do get Penta getting the win with the arm breaker. Uh, three minutes and 54 seconds, really super short. Uh, I think they like a combination of it's the match right before the main event. Plus MJF far enough to know. Yeah. We had Ted guy jumping off the balcony two match. I could go like, I'm not fucking topping it. I'm not trying. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me get, let me get my heat. Let me get the fuck out. All right. <laughs> and then we go to our main event for the AIW absolute championship champion, Tom Lawler defending against good old Manker, Mance Warner with the Duke in his corner. The only downside to when the it's the DVD feed coming up for these shows and composed to the live streams, we don't get the full Man Warner entrance. It can't yeah. comes out right mm. when he entrance starts on the, on this right when he's coming through the curtain. And like half the fun is that long intro and 
people can get along with the song before he even comes out there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But we do get all of uh, Passion Pit when Tom Waller comes out. Yeah. And fucking love that song. It's so yeah. good. Mad ups to the dude for coming out to Passion Pit. The dude's a freaking beast and he comes out to Passion Pit. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, and again, uh, like legitimate tough guy, like he would get UFC. Like, I, I, I'm not going to fuck with the dude. You come out to whatever you want. You want to come out to fucking Barry Manilow shit. Come out to Barry Manilow shit. Like, I don't fucking care. I'm not. I'm not- <laughs> Plus, he's he, he this he is this, this week's hunk, like 100 percent. Oh, Marcy. <laughs> a plus hunk. Marcy is for sure crushing on the on filthy Tom Waller. This week. <laughs> yeah, we, we got all the way to the main event before we got Marky's crush of the week. We usually usually we have the covered by intermission, but I'm not well, going to lie to you. I thought you were going to go off about Joshua Bishop already Like at this point. He was still too young at this point. Was he? How old is he in this? He's only 24. I think now like he I think I even cut on commentary. He just turned 21. Like he just became old enough to drink. I think with the attack line. That is insanity. Holy crap. The dude's a monster. <laughs> like, wow, that big ups to the young stud right there. Because goddamn. Yeah, so we do get we again we do get some we do get some good stuff in this match. And to give the crowd credit, they got into this one. So uh, yeah, if there was anything that could go on last that wasn't Justin and Bishop, it was this match. I did think it helped having the two other matches in between to let things kind of get back to like to level. Yeah, I do agree with you there. Uh, it helped. It helped that everybody loves Mank. Everybody loves Lawler. And even though people hate the Duke, like they they respect the Duke enough to know that they are that they that they're okay to boo him. Um. Oh yeah. Out of the three matches that followed, I think this was the best one to be the main event. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Duke getting involved liberally throughout the match. He he grabbed Lawler's leg. Maybe maybe two minutes in the match, like really early. Uh, there's a spot where Lawler has Mank in a figure four. Duke comes in to try to interfere, and Lawler catches him with an ankle lock. And man had to get a kendo stick to whack Lawler with it to break the hold. Nice little spot there. Probably my favorite spot of the night that wasn't diving off a balcony. So we were talking about this earlier, but Oscar, I believe you do have some thoughts on the Duke. All right. It's just, so- the fir- <laughs> it's just seeing him for the first time with no context. <laughs> it's so, I mean, like, I, it, well, here's the thing. I have terrible memory. So once I start recalling things, this isn't the first time I've seen the Duke, but just the, this guy gives out such dad vibes where I, I'm just like, yo, dude, are you lost? Like, are you like, are you in the right spot? Because like he came out with his like his his towel wrapped around his neck, tucked under the un, under his jacket. I'm like, you look like a parent that's going to see his kids recital and is forcing himself to come out of a fever that he has where you're just like, I have a fever right now, but my child has something going on. And I have to be there for him. Where in other matches, too, when I see him walking, I'm like, dude, you just get off of work or like the bar outside of your job and wander in here by accident. Like, why are you here? In fairness with the Duke, he may have actually walked into some of these shows coming in, coming in from work. <laughs> when, when, when they talk on, like, on about him being a CPA, like that's legit. Like he could, he can account and legit. Oh, he's an actual account. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because... That, 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 yeah that, that's a shoot. And okay. He, and especially, especially the first four months of the year when tax time is hitting its peak, he'll do 15 hours of doing tax and come right to a show and do whatever he's doing on the show and then go back. <laughs> much respect because it, it makes you know what it is because the first time i think i saw him it was actually just this, this crazy man i think it was gcw i think no, 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 i was still it was the, it was the from the wrestle rager okay okay so we were watching that and, and the guy is in still it looks like he came out of a bank and i'm just and he's just like wandering in i'm like are, are, is that dude lost is he part of the match because this is my first time seeing him like why is he there oh my god he just took a, a guitar to the face what is happening oh god but seriously the dad vibes off of this guy is just off the charts 
Much respect to the dude for working that long and still doing wrestling, though. Accounting work sucks. Yeah, Duke eventually starts just going underneath the ring and throwing in everything that hasn't been used yet. Uh, he threw in a tinder block. He threw in a board covered with mousetraps. At some point, there was a wiffle bat covered in thumbtacks that got put in the ring. Yeah. Uh, they do a superplex through the board of mousetraps. That's not the finish. Man gets an eye poke, then a DDT onto the tinder block. That's not the finish. Crowd starts chaining fight forever at this point. <laughs> Lawler hits a tombstone onto a chair. Looked really freaking sick. Like, I thought man broke his neck. No joke. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, Duke makes the cave. They go out on the floor. Tom Lawler is trying to, to, to tape the Duke to the guardrail because that's cool tape, and he actually got fans helping him. Hey, it's anything goes. Get help where you can. I, I guess. <laughs> Man's going to hit Lawler with the chair. He missed He leveled Duke, but then he does actually hit Lawler with the chair at that point. Oh, he does he like he just fucking yeets that Tom Waller's face. Yeah. They get back in the ring. Man, with the Lariat. I actually thought that was the finish. That was a very close near fall. Great timing on the kickout by Lawler there. Man pours more thumbtacks onto the mat. And Lawler is able to just repeatedly throw Mant Warner face first into the thumbtack until Tom's done stops the match at 2035. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, I I get what they were going with on the finish. But it really came off anticlimactic after everything else we've seen throughout this fucking show. And even in, and even some of the other stuff on this match, like Superplex, perfect finish. DDT on the Kinderblock, perfect, perfect finish. Yeah, I get what you're going with with repeated face slams onto the thumbtack, but it's been, it felt flat at that point. I hate saying that because I love these two guys and the match was fantastic. But I mean, like you said before, it's really hard to come off of that, that Bishop Justice match. It, it really is. You know I mean, if that match hadn't happened, you know, it, I feel like the, a lot of the, the criticisms from the matches that follow would be a little bit less. I'm not saying that any of it was harsh or anything like that, but it's like it's really hard to, to beat that the Justice Bishop match. Like, it really is like the, this. This match was, was, was awesome. And then not for nothing, like Tom Lawler, like I, this is the first match I've ever seen um, him do like myself personally. And just you can just tell this dude was a UFC fighter, just the way he stands, just the way he does certain things and stuff, which I thought was really cool to see. And not for nothing, too, before I even knew he was in the UFC, I was looking at his promo. I'm like, that dude has mad cauliflower ear. Like, either he did UFC, or I don't know if, if wrestlers get cauliflower, but getting slammed on the mats on their ears or something too much. You don't get record getting cauliflower ear that much these days. It was a lot more common, even up until about the 80s or so. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of guys... You don't see a lot of guys working headlocks and things like that. And that, 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 that kind of thing that would give you cauliflower. Ears. Ah, I gotcha. Yeah, but, but, but it does happen. But. but either way, it was it was this was a cool match, like regardless. But it, yeah, like I said, for a, to see a UFC fighter like really rock the ring like this, it was really cool to see. And it was about mm, a month or so after this that we got Tom Lawler dancing at, in the Eagle's Nest at the Odeon, a la Kimono Wanalea. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. And a bunch of people actually like will actually like up Cuddy was up in the crow that's like if he was in the ring, I've been throwing money at him. <laughs> it's a missed opportunity. Okay. I don't think it's any kicker where the three of us are going with the show, but we gotta ask the question. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Oh, thumbs up, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Thumbs up completely. De definitely a thumbs up on the show. Uh, I I am gonna make the recommendation if you if you're trying to watch the entire show, make Bishop and Justice your intermission match, watch it. Shut it off for a while. Go get go get dinner. Go mow the lawn. Play a video game or something. Come back to the last three matches and can watch them with a fresh head. I think you'll enjoy them a lot more if you do that. But if you're only going to watch one match out of the show, it's Justin and Bishop all the way. Oh, absolutely. 
that was so good. It's everything that you want to see in like a death match to be perfect. It's it's awesome. I feel only, like it, it, I'm sorry. Let's go on. Oh, no, I was just saying the only thing I was missing was light tubes. Other than that, perfect. And what can I, Rager, we had to hold off on the light tube. But. <laughs> I feel like this is a good introductory show for someone to for AIW. Absolutely. Unless you're trying to introduce like children AIW, then find another show. <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't know. My kid my kids love this shit. So they got <laughs> hey, they got they gotta learn young. Right? You gotta you gotta raise them right. You gotta desensitize them right away. Thumbtacks are your friends sometimes. <laughs> okay, my, my daughter's 15. She's been going to shows since she was like three or four years old because she goes to a lot of the shows that I work on. But as far as going to to show like but she's only going to AIW with me for about two years. And a lot of that mm. was just intentional to kind of like I always get floor geek and they fight on the floor and I don't want to try to shield her while I'm trying to run away and that kind of shit. <laughs> and like we finally got stage geek for the Odeon when we, first, when, we, when we first started going together. But like when she would watch the stream on IWTV, like it was just the bishop that she was getting into. It was those kind of things. Oh, nice. She popped pretty hard when I was watching the Ashtabula show last year and Kaplan got hit by the fuck. Yeah, that was so <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Yeah, but like, is there actual wrestling going on? She's like, can I have my phone? No, you can't have your goddamn phone. <laughs> you're going to watch this hold for hold classic and you're going to like it, Missy. <laughs> you're going to watch some technical wrestling. It doesn't have to be all blood <laughs> and crazy, crazy shit. Yeah, you're going to watch Jack Gabriel Jr. You're working on it for 20 minutes. God damn it. <laughs> I say that he hasn't been in AIW in like four or five years. That's the first name I thought of. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get it wrapped up. Oscar can hear the guest. If you have anything you want to plug, we'll let you go ahead and get started. Uh, I mean, if you guys want to follow me, I'm on IG. Uh, if you guys like memes, Harkonnen3750 for like my own podcast stuff for IG. Checked out Gooned Up Nerds. And my Twitter handle is HouseHarkonnen3750. You can find me on Twitter at EGirlFemboy, spelled B-O-I. On Twitch, twitch.tv slash EGirlFemboy. If you liked our myself and Oscar's banter, you should listen to our podcast X over. We just talked about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Or if you want to go a little deeper into the uh, archives, you should for sure listen to the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City review because that movie fucking sucks. Yeah, if you really want to see us upset about something, it, that, that's, that's the one. <laughs> that's, that's the one. And who knows? Maybe in the future there'll be more video game movie reviews because people seem to like them. There's a lot of shitty video game movies to review. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. All right. Uh, anything, anything else, Marky? Before I go. Nope, through. that's it. Okay, check out our merch store at BrainbusterT.com. We got all your IWTV guy swag there: t-shirt, curdy hat, fanny pack. Uh, still, still working on those booty shorts. Still working on the booty short. I'm, I'm working on, we're working on coffee mugs too, but go, go far, no luck there. Uh, you can catch me personally with 100% certainty. I'll be at the Nile Toy Market outside of Wild Card Games in Nile, Ohio on Robbins Avenue. Uh, the show itself runs 10 to 4. Uh, between 11 and 3, they're going to get autograph signing from WWE Hall of Famer Jimmy Hart. Should be a WWE Hall of Famer Typhoon. And... According to him, a WWE Hall of Famer, Virgil. All three of them will be there for signing autograph from 11 to 3. I will definitely be there helping out there. Uh, I'm not sure where I'll be at Saturday night yet. Not Again, not going to go over all that on the air, but a bunch of, bunch of shit happened the last 48 hours. Check out our podcast friend, Wrestling Cheer. Super fantastic. If you catch my grift, add on with Wrestling. The A Show, which I will be back on at some point. We've had some scheduling issues with that, but I should be back on there sooner rather than later. Also, check out our non-podcast friends. PWPonderings.com, 
the Big Stark brand, Net Tap Photo, Mocha J Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectible. And, and, hey, and speaking of wrestling cheers, I was on this previous episode reviewing Cibernetico Di Mayo. I had a blast. I think everyone should check it out. And it it it's it, it, a very fun show. Like you even made Justin Summer tell jokes, and then that's kind of weird. I have my charm with everyone. <laughs> I I I tease Summer, but he actually liked the How I Met Your Mother finale. Like somebody has to. And now that I said that, if I see him an actor and he's going to like spend 10 minutes telling me why, why do you, why the ending work? We have the conversation a lot. <laughs> okay. And as the ultimate warrior once said, ah, Jester Kicking A. Right, later. Bye. Sick. Later. <laughs> To the beats I spill, keeping it real enables me to make another meal. Still, niggas run up and try to kill it, will, but get popped like a pimple. So call me clearer, still I wipe niggas off the face of the earth since birth. I've been a bad nigga. Now let me tell you what I'm worth. More than a stealth bomber, I cause drama, the enforcer. Music floats like a flying saucer on a 747 jet. Never forget, I'm that nigga that keeps the whole panties wet. The mic gets smoked. Once you hit a beat kick, we groove so funky, they come with a speed stick. So check the flavor that I'm bringing, the motherfucking DRE. I keep the